Okay, everybody, welcome back to An American F1 with our race week tidbits. It is May 16th, 2023, and we are getting ready or not getting ready for the Imola GP. Yes, in case you didn't hear, um, in Imola right now in the area of Emilia Romana, there is a significant weather warning. I believe it's called like a red alert warning for the Imola GP. So what this means is right now there have been some developments uh, going on in regards to the Grand Prix, the Imola Grand Prix. So uh, with this warning, basically it was this red risk warning, which is a high level weather alert. There's been some flooding expected in Emilia Romana. And of course, safety is paramount and this rain could stay until Saturday and Sunday. Now, of course, we always hope for a wet weather Grand Prix. You know, we want to see one that is a full wet race. But with that being said, judging from the pictures we can see or the pictures that have been coming out of the Emilio Romana area, it is not looking good. There's been flooding. Uh, teams in the area have been requested to leave the area for their own safety. I believe there are reports of Alpine and some circuit staff uh, being asked to move and not attend the circuit until further notice. So this is going to be a development we're going to have to watch this week. And, you know, we know the logistics that go into a Formula One race. And to be honest, I would not be surprised if we end up seeing that the complicated name that is the Emilio Romano Grand Prix. That's what I'm just going to say. The Emilio Grand Prix. Uh, if it does get canceled due to this weather situation, you know, we talk about the logistics and the teams and everybody behind the scenes involved in Formula One. And those guys are at the track right now or we're going to be at the track right now getting set up. And now they're dealing with what is a severe weather event. So, you know, when we talk about the travel and all these other people that are involved with the logistics of Formula One, their safety is paramount, not just the safety of the drivers, but the safety of all the team members, everybody that is involved in getting this race weekend together. And of course, you got to remember the people that are marshals and work at the circuit. They have families in the area. They have homes in the area. They got to be concerned about their own well-being and keeping everything safe at home. So, you know, right now there are things more important than a Grand Prix going on at Imola. And, you know, with that being said, it does bring up an interesting thing, you know, there have been some races in the past that have either not been run or have been shortened or there's been long delays due to rain or inclement weather. Formula One, unlike other sports, um, other racing series, due to the logistics involved, they are not really able to postpone certain events. And, you know, we saw this with Belgium, right? The Belgian Grand Prix, where we basically ran a race for a parade lap and then ended up being cold. Um, so it's unfortunate that Formula One doesn't have a system, you know, where in the event of these type of weather situations, we could postpone the race down the line. And I don't know if that's something to look into the future. I know, again, the season is already a very long and taxing season in terms of travel. And to simply postpone a race and move it changes those logistics around. There is money involved. There is personnel involved. So it's not the easiest change to make. So, you know, it's something that we've talked about wanting Formula One to have. And I think people do get frustrated to some degree. You're going to see people no matter what. And again, this is an event where safety is paramount, but you are going to still see, I guarantee it on Twitter, you are going to see people complaining about how either A, Formula One could have ran the race, or B, why is there no system to postpone it? And, you know, really, 
I get the B argument, the A argument. Listen, no matter what, if this, if the damage from this flooding is bad enough and enough people, you know, if this is as situ, uh, as serious as a situation as it seems, again, I have no problem with postponing this race or canceling this race completely because again the safety of those people involved are paramount so we'll have to keep an eye on it we'll have to see what happens with the grand prix this weekend again understanding that if it gets canceled it is for a legitimate reason and a reason to keep you know everybody safe so let's just hope and pray that everybody in the emilio romana area stays safe and all the personnel there that have been forced to move that they are safe and that the teams and everybody gets to Imola or whatever safely if that is the case and if they do decide to do that. So with that being said, we're going to go and discuss some other things going on with the Grand Prix weekend um, or around this week dealing with Formula One. One of the first major things I saw, which was pretty interesting, was thinking about Hungary, the new Hungary, Hungary, the new Hungary circuit that was built has been built with the hopes of gaining an FAI license to host Formula One races. And I got to say, I like the layout. It's an intriguing layout. It looks like it's got nice, big, long straightaways, some hairpin turns. It's really got a nice mix of everything. And I think that's something we want to see more with F1 tracks. It is a purpose-built track. It is not a street circuit. It is a purpose-built track made for good racing. And I think it would be a lot better than the Hungaro ring, which people basically call mini Monaco um, or bigger Monaco. I don't know. Monaco in Hungary. But, you know, the Hungaro ring really doesn't provide many opportunities to pass. So I do think if we were able to get a new Hungary circuit, it'd be quite interesting. And it would be, you know, something unique to see in Formula One. Finally, like we're going to a new circuit that's purpose built other than, you know, more street circuits, which seems to be like the common thread whenever there's a new place that is thought about it's always oh let's see if we can make this a street circuit and that's not always viable you know i get why people want to go to these locations whether it be like london or new york city or vegas or miami or qatar you know saudi arabia wants to plan one now in the future but i think i even saw somewhere recently about korea being in the mix for a street circuit and you know street circuits are cool to an extent but really i mean if you want a good street circuit, you got to make sure it's constructed well and that it has, you know, great elements to it because recently we haven't seen that many good street circuits and they've been rather, for the lack of a better term, disappointing. Uh, In other news relating to Formula One and people around Formula One, driver rumors already. We're only like a quarter way into the season, but we have been seeing some interesting Rumors regarding drivers and two, I think I'll start with the one that was getting people talking simply because of the team involved. And that was Nick DeVries already being on the hot seat. I believe as Helmet Marco said, he's been given the yellow card, not the red card, but he definitely has to improve his driving. Apparently Daniel Ricardo. I, I don't really, I tried to follow it. It was a weird situation. Daniel Ricardo was in Italy near the Alpha Tower store, uh, Alpha Tower store, Alpha Tower shop, right? And supposedly, you know, there was this seat fitting and people were saying, oh my God, Alpha Tower is going to do it. This is how Daniel Ricardo is going to come back. Red Bull is going to make him replace Nick DeVries. Boom, that got shot down. And <clears throat> basically it's not Daniel Ricardo that is in the running. It is Liam Lawson, an Iowa, 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 Iowa
definitely butcher that name and I apologize. But those two drivers who are talented F2 drivers, I've been watching them. They have a lot of great skill. For Nick DeVries, listen, if we're going to judge his season flat out, Yuki has been destroying them. And I understand it is hard to evaluate drivers. It is hard to evaluate drivers in Formula One. Now, Nick DeVries hasn't raced in Formula One in a long time. Well, hasn't raced in Formula One. He's been racing in Formula E, right? So now Nick DeVries is adjusting to this car. The Alpha Tauri car isn't that great. And you have Yuki Tsunoda, though, who is killing it. So that begs the question, like, is it Yuki killing it in the Alpha Tauri car? Is it Nick DeVries struggling to adapt? Is it because the car isn't that good? Do we need more time? I mean, Yuki has been given plenty of time to develop. And Yuki has proven so far this year that he belongs in Formula 1. Yuki is having a tremendous season. We've seen the training regiment he's gone under. He's definitely made strides to improve and seems like he's taking his racing more seriously. So, you know, it's really a big question of what how much patience do we have for Nick DeVries? He's an older driver. He's not really a young driver. I get why Red Bull gave him a shot after that splendid performance at Monza, you know, so in the Williams getting points, you know, so I do understand that. But in the same respect, is he going to develop as an F1 driver? And I guess you can't wait on him as much as you would a Liam Lawson, an Awasa, a Yuki Tsunoda. You you just don't have that time because simply his age. He might age quickly and start to lose that car. I don't know. But then again, you have guys like Fernando Alonso who are still racing. The other interesting tidbit was with Williams and Logan Sargent. Logan Sargent also already on the hot seat. Apparently, Williams is not happy with him. And that makes me wonder, like, when these teams... because. We've seen teams wait a long time and be very patient with developing drivers. We've seen teams not be so patient. So it begs the question, are these teams seeing something that we don't see in either simulation data, in their practices, in their qualifying? Obviously, the races also, but it begs the question why some new drivers coming out of Formula 2 into Formula 1 are given the time to develop and other drivers aren't. So... Um, Logan Sargent, the American, is on the hot seat. Unfortunate. Again, I was... Part of me was on the fence with Logan Sargent. Part of me wanted to believe, looking at his racing career, that, yes, he could handle the Formula One uh, circuit and, you know, the Formula One... The demands of Formula One. But apparently, Williams already has him on the hot seat. And, you know, Williams, with its ties to Mercedes, Toto Wolff with his ties to Williams, and, of course... Mick Schumacher now being a part of that Mercedes family has apparently Toto has been trying to get Mick Schumacher into Mercedes. And honestly, Toto has done this in the past. You know, we know that he was tight with Esteban Ocon, was able to get Esteban Ocon into his ride with uh, Racing Point, And then, you know, that set Oban's uh, that set Esteban Ocon's career in a good trajectory where he is now with Alpine team struggling but um he's a formula one race winner though grand prix winner esteban ocon but he was able to get ocon back into the formula one grid so maybe he's trying to work that same magic with mick who again i've mentioned this before and you know nico hulkenberg is kind of proving us wrong to some degree but i do think mick deserved a little bit of a better shot i think he never really had a fair go at it and 
I understand now the reasons why Haas had to let Mick go. Simply, Haas couldn't afford to deal with another question mark. They needed somebody like a Nico Hulkenberg to be stable, to provide that team with stability and good results. And he's getting points. He's qualifying well. You know, Nico's doing what he's supposed to. But apparently, from what it sounds like, Mick is also doing what he is supposed to do over at Mercedes. And it looks like Toto is a big fan. So we're going to have to wait on that. We're going to have to see what ends up happening. But as a Mick fan myself, I would not mind seeing him back on the grid. Speaking of Mercedes, it is, well, this Imola Grand Prix was going to be our big Mercedes upgrade reveal, which I guess if you're Mercedes, right, you get this extra time if this race gets, I don't, I know this sounds terrible, but if you're a fan of Mercedes, maybe you're hoping, you know, this delay, this potential race postponement or cancellation hopefully gives you the chance to see what your team is capable of and maybe give your team a chance to get back and claw their way back up to consistent victories apparently mercedes is ready to bing bing i cannot talk today oh my god apparently mercedes is ready to bring back some new upgrades the rumor is they're ditching the no side pods are we going to see a black red bull i don't know but it is intriguing right so a lot of teams we've noticed that a lot of teams that were struggling and brought upgrades went with the Red Bull flow and we understand why hey listen if there's a team nailing the regulations and whatever they got going seems to work Aston Martin did it I believe Williams did it I'm trying to think of other teams at the moment but those are the two that stick out in my head I would not be surprised to see if we get a little copying action from Mercedes and there is nothing wrong with that and it was kind of funny too because obviously total wolf is you know toto is toto and i think mercedes is a realistic team in this regard too you know they're saying that they understand the mercedes package is going to take some time to develop they're not expecting overnight wins right and the red bull is insanely ahead too which is kind of funny because i did see on twitter and i guess it was a news article too about some teams or I don't know if it was teams or there was a rumor swirling about like asking Formula One to make regulations changes to bring the field closer. And Dominicali was like, no, we're not going to make those changes. Red Bull nailed the regulations and Red Bull. And I get it. The point of these regulations was to bring the field together. And I think to some extent, the midfield, there have been good battles. The midfield is insanely close, but unfortunately, Red Bull nailed this new development and they have an insanely fast car and whether that's because of the genius that is adrian newey or because of other factors but the fact is red bull has nailed these new regulations it's what we've seen in the past mercedes nailed regulations and mercedes was blowing out competition and after years yeah regulations changed but it took a while and i don't think we're going to see changes overnight I think it's unfair to expect changes overnight just because Red Bull nailed regulations. Listen, the nature of Formula One is that teams sometimes have to develop their cars and make them better. Aston Martin did a great job in exponentially improving their car over the last season. And there are other teams that are going to have to do that. Uh, It was funny because in that same regard, there was discussion about McLaren. And we know McLaren has been trying to upgrade their wind tunnel. And supposedly McLaren believes 
that their lack of success is due to the fact that they haven't had that updated wind tunnel testing. And that is potentially true. You know, there is this potential that certain teams, you know, without the resources they need. I mean, if you look at a Haas, maybe look at an Alpine, a Williams, without the resources they need, an Alpha Tauri, they, they aren't able to be as successful. So those are two teams that it just seems, and I guess Ferrari, just because Ferrari will Ferrari always. But those are two teams. You just go into the race weekend every time there's... Well, I think McLaren, there's no hope. You know, it's just a it's a painful race weekend. It reminds me of McLaren with the Fernando Alonso. Not the good Fernando Alonso days, the bad Fernando Alonso days. The McLaren Honda days. Uh, it just, it, it's painful to watch that team struggle. And uh, in terms of Mercedes, you know, they're right there. They always seem like they're this team that, even last year, they seemed to be this team that was on the cusp of doing something great. And they did get the victory with George Russell at Brazil, but... They just seem like this team that is always on the cusp of doing something great this year and last year, and they just seem to not nail it. So whatever happens with these new regulation, uh, new upgrades for Mercedes, we'll have to see. Does it bring them closer? Does it help them be more competitive? Does it get them at least clawing and fighting with the Aston Martins and you know maybe eventually clawing their way to fighting some Red Bulls? But we're just going to have to see. It's a big package. It's a lot of changes that they have to make. And being competitive isn't something that just happens overnight. We've seen that before. And then I guess the last thing I want to close out on. This this was interesting. I was reading a tweet. And, you know, sometimes... Listen, you got to give credit to Sergio Perez's father. Uh, he loves his son, right? So Sergio Perez's father is probably the biggest fan <laughs> that we see, right? You know, um, but... It just is kind of funny that Antonio Perez mentioned this because I honestly like I love Sergio Perez. I think he's a great racer and maybe time will tell if his quote if this uh, little statement is correct. But basically Sergio Perez's father has compared his son's battle with Max Verstappen to the rivalry, the rivalry, the rivalry with Prost and Senna. Um, listen, I'm sorry. Sergio Perez is good. I don't think he's any Alan Prost. I mean, again, time will tell, but I just don't think he's at that level yet. I understand what he's saying, but I think it's really a whole different level. And I think, I don't know, we'll have to see what Sergio can do if he can make this a championship fight. But I really, really, really think that Max is on a different level and Sergio Perez is is there, but he's a good driver. He's going to get race wins, but he is not on an Alan Prost like level. I think he's just a little below that. So, you know, I think we got to rein in our expectations there. But hey, maybe time will prove me wrong. Do I think if things went right, could he sneak in a Nico Rosberg like win? Yeah, but again, the chances I don't think are in Sergio Perez's favor. But anyway, that is my little tidbits for this race weekend. We'll have to wait and see what happens with the Imola Grand Prix. Again, I love keeping this short, sweet for you guys. Hopefully, I'll have a race to talk about with you guys next week. But until then, just, you know, follow me. Listen, if you have any questions, feel free to ask on Twitter. And just keep supporting me. Love you guys. Keep listening. Do what you do. And if there is no race weekend, hey, enjoy the race weekend. Enjoy the race, another free weekend off. If there is a race weekend... And go ahead and enjoy it. And we'll be back discussing some racing 
next week. Thank you guys for listening. I'll talk to you later.